This is Brother Hassan. This is the late night hour. <laughs> Ujama plays after dark. <laughs> you you gonna hear us serenade the mics tonight? <laughs> Light your candles and dim the lights down. <laughs> Make sure you get them roses ready for your baby girl. Yeah. You got Barry White. <laughs> Oh, no, no, man. <laughs> a Black Man Sketch, a podcast by Ujama Men. What's up, everybody? This is Brother Hassan. You are now tuned in with a Black Man Sketch. This is episode three. I'm here with my brothers, Trevor and Trey, aka Magic Journey, and our special guest, Otis. Otis Anders. And it is Black History Month. And I got to kick it off by saying to everybody out there, shout out to my black people. It is Black History Month. If you are black, Black History Month should be every month for you. That is just some I believe. So I'm going to just spill that cup. Hopefully y'all soak that up. Fun fact, uh, Dick Gregory ran for president in um, 16, or 1968. I'm sorry, I got that missed. 1968, ran for president um, of the United States a candidate of the Freedom Peace Party. I know a lot of y'all young bucks probably don't know who Dick Gregory is. Um, a comedian and activist, a legend. And um, right now we are going to bring it back to Mr. Otis Sanders. Talk to us, man. What, what, what we got going on here at Ujama Place, man, around this time? Well, first of all, let me third session. And yeah, congratulate your brothers. For, we are really, really proud of you guys. Uh, this is a ground grassroots effort, and have three of my gentlemen uh, educating the public about what we're doing and showing off our talent. I'm very proud of you guys, first of all. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. But Appreciate Ujama, that. what's going on, Ujama? This is 2020. This is the year that Ujama is celebrating its tenth year of operation. Although it was a couple of years before we got our 501C and organizing uh, the board and putting together resources to open this organization up, but in 2010, we opened our doors to help young black men as they as they go through the pathway of trying to overcome poverty, trying to, trying to address racism, mm-hmm. just trying to find a better life for themselves. So uh, this is a very significant year for us. Uh, now it's uh, February. We've got through this month uh, with a lot of activities, as you know, you know starting off this year with... Um, uh, being able to get a pre-release of the movie Just Mercy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be able to invite our friends, uh, donors, and our men to um, put emphasis on a great friend of ours, Brian Stevens. Yep. And so just to start uh, this calendar year with that event, um, set a tone for what we hope to accomplish in 2020. As y'all may know, he's the CEO of Ujama, uh, so and, uh, I guess putting the forefront for him uh, and gladly because uh, he's mm-hmm. done a lot of great stuff for us. Uh, He's helped us in so many ways that, you know, we're very appreciative of. And, you know, we're going to continue doing this until, I mean, until we we can't possibly do anything else. I mean, we're going to always put our best foot forward for you guys, you know, because you did a lot for us. So we're very appreciative for everything that you've been doing. And, of course, after the success, come back and give back. You know, that's always been my goal. And I know just like every other you gentlemen, man, um, but today we gonna get to the topic, and that is voting in the black community. Yes, is it important? Yes. How important is it to other people? I don't know. Do they know that they hold value in this whole situation? Do they know that their vote is important? Do they know anything about voting? 
Special thanks to our special guest, Otis Anders. And now we're here with another special guest, the mother of Philando Castillo, Valerie Castillo. Uh, it's an honor to have you here. Perfect. Perfect to talk about what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, like the fact that you're carrying on Philando Castillo's legacy is, is a beautiful thing to see. Um, and I was notified that you're, you're pretty big on voting. So what is your advice on uh, the voting that's coming up in the cities and presidential as well? Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for having me here. It's such an honor just to be in the presence of you guys. You know, I know you have been working really, really hard on your lives as well. And I congratulate you for taking that step thank and you. that initiative to come to a place like Ujamaa Place where thank they have different uh, training sessions and get something to eat and help you with your GED learning uh, computer skills. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you come, let me come here. But I am big on voting because uh, when my kids got a base to vote, vote, they both voted. Philando voted every year, and my daughter Alize, she votes every year as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I had put a couple of things on Facebook about voting because I hadn't been seeing anything uh, recently about voting. You know, when uh, they had the, the big vote four years ago, mm -hmm. everybody was talking about voting. Get out here and vote. Oh, they was yeah. door knocking and stomping and, and doing everything, sure you know, was. telling people, you know, what they need to do in order to be able to vote. So I myself, I've been stressing that as well. You know, get your ID together, you know, or whatever it is that mm. you need to do. You need to get it together so that you can vote. Because this is just as serious as it was four years ago. Because we, you know, we have to stand our ground as being human beings. And uh, you have to vote for everybody, you know, from the judges, the uh, sheriffs, the district attorneys, the mm. president. Whoever is on there, just don't vote for the president. You have to vote for everybody. Just go down the line and look at who's running and uh, do your research and vote mm -hmm. for who you think is going to work for you. You know, I uh, personally, I am trying to find the ones that have uh, some type of uh, care you know, and compassion for the black man. I haven't heard anybody talking about, oh, we, we're going to make sure that uh, – there is equality in uh, the finances and uh, economics and our schools and things of that nature. So uh, is it, you have to do your research in order to find out who is really going to be working for you. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very important to get your ID together. In some states, you know, they say that uh, you can't vote because you got a criminal uh, record. That's not true. You know, you can vote, and uh, I'll be putting up that little piece of paper I put up four years ago. It's a repeat of what I already put out there, but you need to get out and vote. It's very, very important because these are the people that are in control of your lives. If you don't vote, that's just saying you just don't care. And then when the person get in there that you don't want in there, then, it, you know, you can blame yourself. You understand? So... I encourage people to do whatever they need to do, get your ID together, get your residential address, whatever it is. Get it together and let's get out there and vote. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. So, Otis, how do you feel about voting in the way that it affects uh, the black community or the effect that it could have on the black community? Yeah, I really, really appreciate the response that uh, Valerie just gave. Uh, 
really uh, resonates with me because of all of those principles. But I got to go back a little bit further upstream with this. Uh, voting and having the right to vote is something I'm very passionate about. It's something that um, uh, has a lot to do with uh, I grew up in an era when it wasn't a given that you could vote. Mm-hmm. So I'm the kind of guy that wears his have a pen and say, I voted. Just that statement is just as affirm, affirming to me as anything I do. So um, so I'm a big advocate of it. I grew up in a family that lobbied and and uh, took people to the poll or what have you to understand that to have that voice to people to elect people that can speak for you, to represent for you. Mm-hmm. So as you guys know, I'm, I'm, from, um, I'm from the South where it was almost written that you could not vote. And when it became, when it wasn't a law, there was a lot of barriers that put up. Mm-hmm. We had to pay a poll tax. And that was hard for a poor person uh, to come up with money to pay. Or they can't embarrass you by having to read a part of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And all those different things they did to discourage you. And even today, as we see the attack on your ability to vote mm-hmm. with the voters' ID, uh, with the gerrymandering that take place, how they're trying to carve up districts to for different political affiliations, all of those should let... I always know how meaningful, how special it is to go out and cast your vote, uh, to go out there and have a, have a say in who's going to represent you. And for a long time, uh, ability to be a juror mm. will depend on your if you voted. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not voting, you're not even put in the pool, you're not in the game, mm-hmm. so you can have a, a, a trial by a jury of your peers. Wow. So we take ourselves out of that. And I think some of the things that are taking place that um, the Valerie mentioned about but how they try to, some states make it that you have a felony, you permanently cannot vote. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, some states like uh, Minnesota right now saying that you must be off paper for mm-hmm. X amount of years and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So all those things are meant to discourage you from voting. Not being able to select people that's going to represent you, your interests, your community, your families, and your personal welfare. So of all the topics, there's nothing that I'm more passionate about uh, because um, I worked my mother sacrifice a business to allow people to vote. And I know all the sacrifice that went in in the, in the, in the uh, harm's way that people put in position their lives at risk to be able to push this. There were a lot mm-hmm. of people that came from Minnesota and other Midwestern cities that came down to process this. So I think um, as we look at this uh, in 2020, we had to look back at the shoulders, people sacrificed that people made for to have this right have this ability, and not to take it lightly. They can be taken away from us if we continue. And I think you're seeing now with, with how critical it is to put the people in place that care about human rights or mm-hmm. civil rights because we can easily change how we perceive as a right. society if we have people that's going to dictate how we run things. So um, uh, great topic, gentlemen, and there's nothing that's more passionate that I feel about is uh, about voting and not having the ability to vote, the right to vote, but to execute it, to doing mm-hmm. it, going out there and, and not to think that your vote does not count. Amen. Although right. there may be many people cast, you say my vote does count. Yeah, that million one vote counts. And we've seen some closed elections. Yes, and, sir. Uh, so and with the same people, we can't make that assumption because of the election and just because of a person of color, a black person. Mm-hmm. So we don't just have to come out because Barack is being president. Our time, we need to go out there and um, cast that vote because people have sacrificed for you to be able to do that. Absolutely. Wow. People wow. have died yes. fighting for, for the right to vote. Absolutely. 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 And you know that. People died about yeah. this case, and um, and people have sacrificed a lot to uh, for us to have the ability to do that. So we should yeah. not take that for granted. Yeah. Don't take it lightly, people. We need to get out there and vote and make our presence known. 
Mm-hmm. I just want to add that nothing is more fundamental to our democracy than information. It's what we use to understand and what we use uh, to assess the issues that are most important to us and how we assess which policies and pol- uh, political candidates are the best suited for uh, to address our concerns in the community. And I also wanted to add that I believe there's a lot of misinformation and miseducation as well mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to voting and just pol- politics in general. A lot of people aren't that savvy, and I believe that they really need to get a hand in it. Um, emotions play a role in it at all to voting? Emotions. I definitely do. I don't know if that question was directed towards me. I think it was directed towards Otis, but I'm going to go ahead and chime in real it's, quick. It's a group, group question. Uh, I definitely do. Uh, <clears throat> when you just look at me, and this is my opinion, but looking at the mind state of our community, um, almost feeling like you got to wait for somebody. To, you know, who's going to save me? Not knowing that you can save yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, not seeing the value in yourself. Not knowing the power that you have. You're not going to be able to exercise that. You know what I'm saying? You can change everything that's going on in your community by coming together collectively and exercising your right to vote. Um, and that ties into the information piece. The lack of information and the misinformation um, just like they said earlier about not being able to vote because you're a felon, I found out that you can. You just can't be on papers by going out uh, working with Minnesota We Vote uh, What last year. And doing that and being out there and talking to people in the community and seeing their attitude towards voting, it was it was some poor attitudes. It was some enthusiastic people. And those the ones that was enthusiastic was the younger ones that couldn't even vote yet. You know what I mean? So it definitely made me feel... Uh, some type of way. So I felt some emotion seeing that, and I seen the emotion in them with the frustration of, of their situations and the surprise that, oh, man, I can vote, even though I'm like, yeah, you know, so mm-hmm. it's definitely uh, one of those things with a lot of emotion behind it. And not just that type of emotion, but I think we get tied up into what we call uh, single-issue platforms. Instead of looking at the total candidate and what it brings to the table, we get caught up that he may... He may advocate for one little piece, mm-hmm. and but and then it may not be the total package that we need to go forward with. So we get we we, we accept uh, a lot of bad behavior because he support this particular idea, and so that's why I feel that um, we get to find yourself immersed a little bit in the education of this of, of the people you're gonna be voting for, mm-hmm. and the uh, elections now even at the local level they become economically how people raising money for for brochures. Uh, for television ads, and all those are influencers. And so um, you get a person talking about something that may get you excited, emotionally tied to an issue, but its platform may not be what you want. Mm-hmm. And so we had to be be mindful of that, um, to be to educate ourselves on it and uh, and making sure that who we put in place is going to represent as a whole. Because a lot of times if a person is, is a single source issue or a single issue that we believe in, but everything else... Yeah. Place, you know? yeah, we've we've seen a lot of that. You know, mm-hmm. they they uh, say they're gonna do one thing, and then once they get in the office, they forget about everything that they didn't say. Absolutely, you know, it, it happens all the time. So we have to be mindful and do that research and make sure that that person actually does that. Yes. You know, when the uh, election and or going on, you know, they come out and they talk about all these things that are important to you when they yes. come to your community they talk about all the things that's important to you but then you go back and you look and do the research 
you said they ain't they ain't never been involved in, in that right there. You right. know what I'm saying? So we have to do that research and figure out if those people are really fighting mm-hmm. for us. And let them know we can hold them accountable. Absolutely. And once exactly. you get in there, we're going to call, we're going we're gonna to convince them in the offices, and we're going to meet them in town halls. Me, we're going to let them That's know right. that you made a promise. Absolutely. You know, you said you're going to do that, and what about us? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. What about these particular issues? Because you're right now. Uh, these just a lot of people make promises and they yeah, don't follow through. Absolutely, with them. absolutely. Yeah. So we definitely have to uh, keep that in mind when you're out there and you uh, searching for the right candidate. But mm-hmm. a, the the pickings are slim. Just to let you know, we <laughs> we ain't gonna, we hey come on that we ain't done, ain't no shoot go. The pickings are slim, so just yes. uh, be mindful of that and get out there and. Do what do what you're supposed to do Absolutely. to get yourself together, and you can be able to go down there and present yourself, and they don't turn you away. All right. Well, I got one more question for you guys. Um, so I always found it that it was very important for us to be uh, have a unity as a group, uh, as a community, and uh, I do. I love the idea of voting, though I feel there's other things that we could do that can contribute with that voting as well. So, like, being able to fund the candidates and then having a motion to follow that. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Well, um, support them. What, what do you mean by that? Funding funding, funding. candidates. So, like, um, we're, we're having a, a pot of money that we are saying, okay, well, we, we're going to give you this money, but we want these laws passed mm. on top of that money that we are giving you. <laughs> it sounds like bribery yes, to me. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's well, not. You know, the, the system's got to the point that you know. Yeah. You, you talk about lobbyists. Yeah. Yeah, lobbyists to do but that. You, thing. you add all the time. Yeah. There's a lot of movements that stopped. A lot of progress has stopped uh, because of what they call lobbyists, where people can sit down and and raise big money to influence the voter. I mean, the, the elected officials. So, um, yeah, I think there's been some attempts to put a limit on campaign raising a dollar amount or. Can contribute, but uh, it is an economic impact. It's I hate to think what running for president, it probably a little over a trillion dollars now mm-hmm. yeah. that they'll be spending on the candidate. You got to every month, you'll see how many you drop out of the race because you can't raise no money. Mm-hmm. You know, Cory Booker got dropped out because he couldn't raise money. Yeah, Camilla Harris dropped out because he wasn't raising money. That's not right. that they that's weren't right. good candidates, yeah. not that I wouldn't have voted for them. Absolutely, however, they didn't catch they weren't able to raise monies. So yeah. your question about the economics, if it does have an impact on who get in office and who willing to invest. And yeah, that, and that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that, that's crazy because uh, some of the ones that uh, dropped out, now they talking crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. they, they, oh, boy, I, I, I've read some stuff that uh, people were kind of shocked that they uh, heard that information. Exactly. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It, it was different because I was like, wow, he, he, you know, he was trying to steer, you know, the people his way because he was saying he was going to do this, that, and the third. And now he's saying, he's contradicting what he has said no, he that said. he was going to do. Perfect example. Yes. Perfect example Perfect. is uh, mm-hmm. doing your research and knowing uh, yeah. who these candidates really are and what they yeah. uh, support. It just and, and just now with the uh, access to background checks, technology, yeah. where everything you said twenty years ago can be brought back. Absolutely, and uh, and it just it just almost putting a candidate in an incubator. That that's yeah. all they're doing is having this <laughs> this life free life, what have you. But then to see how the big money, the big corporation can get behind them and put them in position that they can yeah. be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like to the highest position of land. So um, yeah. it does make it frustrating for black people that don't yeah. have the economic to throw in a lot of candidates. 
and that's how come it's more important that we exercise our right to pull that lever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. although we don't have money to uh, put in your um, your the treasure trove and all of that, yeah. but right. we're here and we can yeah. influence the outcome. You know, when you yeah. get we got strength enough people, comes in numbers. In numbers, that's we can, right. We can actually, and uh, I was just so proud of around the um, in the last uh, last calendar year, twenty nineteen, how how the black vote contributed to to uh, people being put in position in some of the southern states, yeah, especially black women. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh and yeah. I, and I challenged the men, you know, that's why should we not exercise our voice, our yeah. will, because those issues are very central to our heart too. So, um, mm-hmm. but it's important that we. I know you may not be able to f- contribute dollars to a campaign. You still had a right to go and pull the level, get educated in the candidates, and hold them accountable. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, so we have a big Black History event coming this Saturday, um, February 8th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, it will be at the Jars Latimer's Central Library in downtown St. Paul. Um, we're very excited to see Miss Castile in her art exhibit at Philando Castile's Art and Healing. Um, and we will be there as well as our live podcast. Um, so we want to we want to have a, a few questions for her about the the um, art exhibit. So, uh, Miss Castile, tell us what you'll be bringing this Saturday. Well, um, I was invited to come to the um, George Latimer library downtown St. Paul to uh, bring some of the artwork that was created from the community. Uh, right after Philando was murdered by the police in uh, Falcon Heights, Minnesota, uh, people just started making all types of things, paintings, sketches, um, ceramic artwork. Uh, they were expressing their emotions through uh, various parts of art within itself, just art, you know, dancing, singing, uh, poetry, spoken word, you name it, uh, quilting, uh, knitting, yarning. I mean, they were doing some of everything just to uh, release that pain, anger, frustration. Uh, The pieces are very, very emotional. And um, when I uh, received these pieces, you know, I put them in my house and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, they all were in one room. And when I was feeling, you know, really at my low point, I'd go in there and sit with the art. And um, just had this energy about it. And uh, it just pretty much made me feel better. Mm-hmm. And... Um, God said I needed to share it. So I had uh, notified the Minneapolis Institute of Art, and they came out and looked at the artwork, Mm -hmm. and the ladies cried, you know, just being in the room, absorbing that energy, Mm -hmm. you know, and just looking at his face, you know, it brought tears to their eyes, and uh, it was to the point where they couldn't say no. So we did have an Mm eight-week exhibition at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Wow. Yeah, with community art. It it was nothing that I made. I, Mm -hmm. I came... I can't uh, draw a stick figure too straight, but <laughs> it was very, very powerful. I was very fortunate to be able to get you to see it twice. Okay, and uh, and it's it is um, as you mentioned, um, it just is such a reflection of the community how they felt about about Philando, 
uh, how they captured his beauty, his essence. And I think to anyone get to come see that, they will see that they didn't see the exhibit, mm-hmm. haven't got a chance to see it from your private collection. And it just was very beautifully displayed. And, and it's a walking journey, walking story. And uh, I can see why it's really emotional for you. Uh, so I know that uh, if anybody come to the Latimer Library, they will get just as moved by it because it's um, mm-hmm. it's just really um, tracing his life. Um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And each piece was, you know, made with raw emotion yes. because um, a piece went up, I think, on Lake Street, like overnight. Overnight, I mean, they had this huge piece on the side of the building they went around the corner you know that was just people expressing themselves because it was a frustrating time you know and and people were mad they were angry and instead of turning this city up burning this city to the ground they made an alternate choice and expressed themselves through artwork so, Miss Castillo, who are some of the artists um, that... Now you got me. Okay. <laughs> we ain't going to go in the names. I have okay. to look the, 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 the stuff up because, baby, uh, I, don't, I didn't know these people. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know these people. That Artwork was just coming to my house. That's beautiful. Somebody yeah. was bringing it to me. Uh-huh. You know, all around as far as Detroit, yes. you know, mailing pieces. I don't know who who they were. You know what I'm saying? I learned who they were once the exhibition at uh, Minneapolis Institute mm-hmm. of Art came about. Mm-hmm. But just right off the top of my head, I can't tell you uh, the name of these artists. And some of them, they ain't got no name because I didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. You know, I had put the pieces on uh, Facebook and said, did you make this or do you know who, who drew this? And nobody responded. A couple of people responded. You know, but all the artwork, it never got claimed. Mm. I don't know who d- did a lot of that work. Wow. Wow, it really shows that's, the genuineness. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, that's that's a lot of love. It shows the love and the unity in people that we kind of forget about, mm-hmm. um, especially with uh, tragic situations like this and just other situations in life in general. But um, that's definitely touching. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It is. And, and, and you know, if you come to the uh, Lattimore um, library, you get a chance to experience the energy that these uh, pieces have. Mm-hmm. And they all have a, a backstory. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Monique and I did a, a, a little walkthrough, and I kind of explained uh, some of the artwork uh, in one of her videos. But uh, all of it has a backstory. You know what I'm saying? Um, this one guy, uh, Jeff. He made a clock, and uh, he said he made that clock because when he found out what happened to Philando, time stopped for him. That's powerful. I was like, whoa, you know, I mean, he he just was, he couldn't believe that in, in this day and time, People are being murdered by the police, you know, and then that reflects back on his life. You know, he's an older gentleman, so he understands and knows about slavery and the lynchings and the beatdowns and, you know, even us uh, walking and protesting, getting showered with 
water hoses and the dogs being sick on us. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it kind of took him aback. And, you know, when he heard how uh, he was just murdered in his vehicle like that, strapped down in his seatbelt in front of a woman and a child, he said, time just stopped for him. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great story. Appreciate that. Well, you know, I would just add that uh, of all of the um, police-involved shootings of young black men, there was no, no, none of them resonated with the spirit and mission of your general like, like your sons did. Um, he was doing everything that we advocate and teach our men, being respectful, being um, and being legit, uh, taking care of yourself, and being honesty, and with the with the sense that if you're doing you living up to yourself right that you avoid those pitfalls. And it was the, probably um, the hardest one that hit this organization. It took uh, several grief counselors to come in, took a lot of praying, and it was, um, it was a sad one to, to even talk about uh, with our guys because nothing that's hit the spirit or that, that really attacked the mission of us like that one because our men live in fear of, um, of of driving a car, mm-hmm. I mean, living feel walking alone, just being accosted, um, and so if we are uh, we advocate if you're legit, if you have your driver license, if you don't have any drugs on you, uh, those kind of things um, you ain't nothing to worry about. And for that one though, he was just in his car with his family, yeah, yeah. Uh, giving direction to something that a weapon that he had a license for, a certificate for, he done everything for. So that was, uh, it took a lot of recovery work for us, and we still mourn his death. Absolutely. Not yeah. just Minnesota, Absolutely. but the world still mourn your son's death. Mm-hmm. We want to invite the community to come out, celebrate with us this Saturday at the George Latimer Library from 11 to 2 p.m. Um, check out some of the artwork for the Art and Healing from for Miss Castillo, and come watch Black Man Sketch Live. It's going to be a lot of laughter, some serious topic, a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it, and I, and I hope to see you guys out there. Yeah, you might be the random guest that get invited. Thank you so much for having me, guys, and keep doing the right things. Thank you. This is Brother Hassan signing off. This is Trevor signing off. And this is Trey, a.k.a. Magic Journey, signing off. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.